Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to the season three premiere of Ruthless Talk. Thank you. Did you miss me, guys? <laughs> it is good to be back. It is really good to be back. Now, I know what everybody's thinking, right, James? It's the season three premiere. Where is Brian Thomas? Where is he at? Well, unfortunately, he's not here. Um, however, he will be back Thursday, a week from Thursday, not this Thursday, but the week after that on August 31st when we cover AEW All In. As well, we are going to have a, a special guest, a very special guest for that episode, who that guest is, well, you have to stay tuned to find out on who that is going to be. So that is going to be a very special episode for when Brian comes back, as well as our, you know, episode three. I believe it'll be episode three by the time that episode comes out. So for this week, it'll just be me. Your boy is going solo as today is all about WWE and Monday Night Raw. So moving forward, of course, our next episode for this week, again, like I mentioned, is going to be me going solo, talking SmackDown. Yes, SmackDown. So there will be no show uh, for this Thursday. Your boy is going to be out of town. I will be in Atlanta um, and won't get back until I want to say around Thursday afternoon. So I won't have time to watch um, you know, Dynamite as well as rewatch Collision and, and as well as NXT. And of course, and but don't you guys worry. Don't you guys worry. There's going to be a lot to talk about when it comes to AEW All In, which is coming up this Sunday, as we are going to be talking about that, like I mentioned, um, August 31st uh, for that episode, as well as we have AEW All Out, which is going to be August 3rd, August 3rd, which is the following week. And we'll, and we'll be talking about that on our, on our next Thursday episode, the week after that, which will be September 7th. So a lot of content, a lot of stuff to talk about with AEW moving forward. So even though this is not the way <laughs> I expected the season three, the big season three premiere uh, to be uh, to be showcased uh, as the very first episode, but still, man, it's always a blast to uh, to always come on here, whether it's just me or whether it's it's with me and Brian. It's always a blast to uh, to you know publish content for you guys, man, and you know three freaking seasons, and it's insane how time flies by. And you know, like I like I always say, man, we're just getting started. We ain't going anywhere, as there's going to be a lots of stuff to talk about um, in the next several weeks. So that is our updated schedule, and of course, that schedule um, has been posted um, on our story um, from our Facebook group as well as our, our Instagram story that's on Instagram. So if you haven't checked that out again, so our next episode will be this Saturday. Um, I will be covering uh, WWE SmackDown for Saturday. Um, on the 26th, and then Brian will be back the following Thursday on the 31st, where we have a very special guest coming onto the show. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And then we have WWE Payback. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly with me and Brian. That is going to be on Sunday. That'll be Sunday, September 3rd. Um, and then, of course, we will cover AEW All Out that following Thursday. So that is the schedule. So make sure you guys stay notified for, for any episodes. And, of course, we'll keep you guys posted on any changes uh, follow suit to that. So let us dive into this. So the talk is about Monday Night Raw. That is the talk that is the topic for 
today's podcast as you know of course Monday Night Raw was live in Quebec City in Canada as we are now inching closer and closer and closer to WWE payback. You know, SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer, is now in the rearview mirror. Now we're heading towards payback as now in towards the fall season, towards the holiday season, you know, getting closer to Survivor Series, you know, and et cetera, moving into or later into uh, 2023. So... Where where do I begin with this show, right? And of course, there's going to be lots of other stuff to talk about. And I know the past week since we've been off, there's been a lots of talks about, of course, with AEW, with CM Punk. You know, if you guys have kept up with us in regards to, you know, us on Facebook as well as Instagram, we, we've spoken, you know, briefly about it. And of course, me and Brian will continue to talk about that subject as well. Um, of course, last week's Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, you know, I've we've posted bunch of social media content and you know some of our, some of our our feelings and 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 our takes in regards to you know I uh, posted a TikTok about Cody Rhodes which I'm going to discuss and it's going to be kind of in relation about what Cody Rhodes was placed in once again in the show but man I, and I know I come on to this microphone I come on to this camera and I legit sound like a broken record right <laughs> Of the amount of times that I legit say to all of you on how Monday Night Raw is just a redundant, lazy, lackluster show that, yes, had some good, had some flashes of good with Chad Gable and Gunther. Yes, the Shinsuke Nakamura promo. You had Seth Rollins also cut a really decent promo backstage. So there's always going to be slimmer of good. Right. There's definitely slimmer of good that should be acknowledged as such. But from top to bottom, this show is the same fucking show every single week where at the top of the show, you have a baby face come out. You have the heels come out. You have another freaking baby face come out to set up a tag match or a six man tag. So that's your buildup. That's your suspense leading up to the re- to the following to the following third hour later on in the night. You know, that's what's getting you excited on the edge of your seat. Another fucking six man tag match that we have seen not just for weeks, guys, for months, four months. And if you've noticed as well, it's it's the cycle of the same fucking people. The Judgment Day, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. You might see Seth Rollins being thrown in there. You might see be, you might see Drew McIntyre or Matt Riddle be thrown in there. Hell, you might see Cody Rhodes be thrown in there. And, and freaking hell, he was thrown into one last night. And we repeat this vicious, ugly cycle to where, and I've said this before to Brian as well as on this podcast and how... Every single time I get to the end of the show, when I'm able to watch it live or not, I just, I just want to, I'm just tuned out of it. I mean, it has gotten to the point where it is so just nauseating and it's just, it's just boring. It's guys, I don't know how to freaking put it. It's legit watching the same episode, right? Of, of a Seinfeld or a stranger things. Or just any other TV series that, that people watch nowadays on Netflix or whatever it is. It's the same episode with no cliffhanger, no suspense, no intrigue that, that makes you want to watch next week or the pay-per-view payback. There's nothing. And, and I'm going to give you guys a stat. 
you know, and, and I, and listen, when I say there has been six man tag after six man tag after six man tag, I mean, just that, I mean, guys, I will go down the list of tag matches, right? Just, just, you know, a couple, what was this was, I want to say July of 17th, right? You had a tag title match between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and the judgment day, right? There you go. Right there. The following week, you have Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn against the Judgment Day via DQ, right? And now you have a six-man tag with Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn against who? The Judgment Day, right? Oh, I'm not done. Oh, I'm not freaking done. You know? <laughs> oh, you think I'm done? Oh, no. I'll even go back to the month of June. Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn defeat the Judgment Day. You want more? I'll give you fucking more. Here's another one. Another tag title match. This was actually Imperium. So there you oh, there you go, Imperium. Another team, another, you know, faction that's lost in this shuffle, this six-man tag shuffle. Have we put Imperium in a six-man tag lately? Oh, we haven't? Let's throw them in there. Because, you know, why why do anything different? Right? Now here's the thing, too, and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite here, right? There was the whole Shinsuke Nakamura turn, and we talked about it, me and Brian. Uh, the very last episode that we that we published for season two, you know, even though that episode ended, of course, with Shinsuke Nakamura in the six man tag with Rollins, but it was the way they at least they did it right. I oh, I'm listen, I am the most fair and honest critic you can ever come across on this platform. If you're going to do a six man tag, first of all, don't blow it out of fucking proportion, man. You got to give me something different, something new, something organic and something that can connect and freaking feel man you know it's the same thing over and over again you know what this is guys and i made this reference reference not too long ago monday night raw has become a glorified house show seriously think about it you set up a six-man tag or a tag match the same top baby faces against your top faction that's the judgment day either for the most part, I want to say a good least 80% of that result of those matches have been just the baby faces standing tall and 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 we go off the air. And that's also been the shtick of the Judgment Day too. It's just like, you know, one week they're, they're, they're looking dominant, they're looking and whatever, right? And I understand, guys, they're going through a breakup, they're, they're doing this shit, but that doesn't mean like you can't make the Judgment Day feel as such. That's the Judgment Day 101. Right. They come out and last night was a perfect example. They come out. They, you know, they try to play the numbers game. And here comes Kevin Owens, little old Kevin Owens, you know, still having the numbers, the four to two numbers. You know, there's four of them or technically three with Rhea Ripley. I mean, I don't know with, you know, I mean, shoot, freaking Rhea Ripley's been beating the shit out of males lately. So you would think it'd be four on two, but still, you know, three on two. They have the numbers. And yet they retreat. They got their sour looks on their faces and the faces are like, well, let's see. Why don't I, we find a partner or whatever, something along those lines. We find a partner and let's set up a tag match or it's one of you two, one of the judgment day members against the two of us later tonight. And we repeat the vicious cycle. That's Monday night raw, right? Like I said, are there flashes of good, of good in this show? Absolutely. Right. But this is why, guys, and, and, and as I go through the show, because I am going to go through the show in full, you know, this is why me and Brian have changed the format of how we dissect these shows. 
as of late, as of course, if you guys notice, we don't dissect this entire show in full anymore. Because when you have shit like the New Day, Drew McIntyre, and Matt Riddle, what's there to talk about, right? When you have Rhea Ripley beat Candice LeRae in legit a minute and 14 seconds. Yes, I timed that precisely. A minute and 14 seconds. What is there to talk about, right? Raquel Rodriguez comes out there with a crutch. Why the fuck is she coming out there with a crutch? Two weeks ago, she came out and attacked freaking Rhea Ripley, you know, in another six-man tag in the main event, right? Freaking shocker there. She came out with no crutches. She wasn't medically cleared. Oh, but now she's medically cleared. She wants to try to pull the wool over everyone's eyes thinking that she was hurt. Well, where were the crutches two weeks ago? She comes out with a crutch, right? She's hobbling, right? Thinking and, and like... Motherfucker, you, you were not on crutches two weeks ago. So how does that fucking make sense? So again, I ask, what is there to talk about, right? What what else is there? Do we talk about freaking <laughs> another freaking roll-up finish that happened also last night? I, I mean, do we also talk about how Piper Niven is all of a sudden a tag team champion? What's there to talk about? Do we talk about how Caden Carter and Katana Chance are once again being pushed aside and, and just been given the drizzling fucking shits from this company. What's there to talk about, man? Seriously, there is not, there is hardly a handful. Thank, thankfully, freaking, uh, I'm doing this show on a Tuesday and not doing Monday Night Raw and, and SmackDown on the same day because what's there to talk about with Raw? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, listen, you got Shinsuke and Seth Rollins. So again, honestly, the only positive light that I can, I can come across from this show. Outside of that, Nothing, nothing of importance, nothing of intrigue, just lazy, lackluster bullshit, as I always say, man. And I know I sound like a broken record, but guys, you know, if I have to keep on saying it, I'm going to continue to freaking say it. This show is just, it, it's just, it's redundant, it's lazy, and it's boring, right? I mean, think about it, man. Like, Obviously, I can I can go back to Brian Thomas's days right in the Attitude Era, right when you freaking it freaking the the vibe of these shows would feel as such. The pyros going off, freaking Jim Ross is screaming in our ears like, "Welcome everyone to Monday Night Raw!" While freaking Stone Cold, the freaking glass shatters and the people are erupting to their feet. Now, I will say this about Quebec City: they they were at least for some parts. I can't say all these parts, and I can't blame them for not being such. But they brought a certain type of energy to the show on occasions. Of course, you had Sami Zayn that started the show. I can understand being from Canada as well as freaking Kevin Owens. You know, you want to start off the show with your two fellow Canadians. That's totally fine, man. That was kind of the biggest, the, the biggest eruption out of the entire night, to be quite honest with you. Outside of that, Quebec didn't give a fuck. No, I mean, they didn't give a fuck, man. They didn't give a fuck about Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle being a team. They didn't give a fuck about them facing the fucking judgment, or excuse me, the judgment day, the new day, right? There's so many days. You got the new day and the judgment day. So many freaking days, right? They didn't give a shit, guys, about freaking Rhea Ripley and, and Candice LeRae. They didn't give a single shit about freaking Chelsea Green, Piper Niven facing Katana Kane and Carter and Katana Chance. I'm stuttering. That's how fucking frustrated I am. And notice, and, and, and you notice too, right? Once again, the women getting the short end of the stick, right? Hard, I, I, believe, I mean, guys, like think, think about it, right? So the match between Rhea Ripley and, and Candice LeRae, I said, what was it? A minute and 14 seconds. A, a, and this freaking tag match was not even what? Not even two minutes either. So you're thinking 
a combined total of maybe five minutes of a three-hour show for the women. And we want to know why we don't give a single fuck about this women's division. And better yet, <laughs> you know, we talk about their tag division not being relevant, but their women's division overall. I mean, it is fucking horrible. The talent's there. We know the talent's there. Nikki Cross. For, of course, Rhea Ripley. You have Becky Lynch. You know, even though we trash people like Charlotte Flair and the way that she's booked, she, you know, we know the talent that she has. All of these people, right? I mean, the list goes on. Indy Hartwell, Zoe Starks, talked about Katana Chance and Caden Carter, Chelsea Green. I mean, all of these people have something, but they're not even giving, they're not giving them the chance to do anything. They're throwing a title on Piper Niven that's been on a fucking milk carton for months after months. And now they put this, they put this title on her and, and now we expect everybody to just run with it. Oh, I'm your new tag partner now. Okay. Come on, man. It's fucking stupid. Absolutely. Just fucking stupid. And speaking of Monday night raw, and I don't know if I made this announcement yet, but I will actually be before I get into the show. I will actually I will be at Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw in two weeks is coming to Charlotte, North Carolina. I will be at the Spectrum Center. This will be my first WWE televised live event. I want to say in about three plus years. This was well well before the pandemic before the pandemic started. Um, so look, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> hopefully. Crossing my fingers, we get some semblance of at least a decent to consistent show. You know, crossing my fingers, praying to the wrestling gods. So, but hey, I'm going to go there. I'm going to try to have a good time. I'm going to meet, you know, a lot of good people. I have a friend coming with me. So it's going to be fun. You know, like I said, first televised event in three plus years. So I'm um, just making that announcement there. So I will, you know, of course, content will be posted as you'll see me live in the Spectrum Center for Monday Night Raw in two weeks. Uh, so that should be a whole lot of fun as well. Um, so with that, and of course, before I get into the show as well, cause I'm going to try to go through, go through the show as quickly as I can try not to waste everybody's time here. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of talk, um, in the next couple of weeks, of course, with a lot of pay-per-views, we got payback, we got AEW all in as well as AEW all out. There's going to be a lots of talk about AEW, of course. Um, of course with their ticket sales, man, as their ticket sales continue to freaking rise, there's of course the talks about their ticket sales comparison to now WrestleMania 40, which is now, you know, supposedly they've now hit over 90,000 tickets sold for WrestleMania 40. There's, there's going to be talks about that moving forward, uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, so lots of talks about AEW, but let me not waste any more time, man. I want to get through the show as quick as possible. Um, you know, this is smack middle of a Wednesday afternoon. Like I said, I am heading out tomorrow for Atlanta. So I do want to get this out to you guys later on today. So I'm going to try to get through the show as quickly and as pain, painless as I can possibly do, uh, for, for everybody, uh, that is watching. So of course, make sure you guys stay tuned. Like I said, there's going to be a lots to talk about with all the pay-per-views coming up as well as of course, there's going to, there's uh, talks, talks about with Endeavor with this whole, you know, more of the merging deal that's coming in. Um, or that's really starting to come on glued, you know, as we, as we go further and further into, uh, into 2023 here. So lots to talk about with that, but let us dive straight into the show. Let us dive straight into it. Monday night raw. This is August 21st, 2023 live in Quebec city. Our number one is Sami Zayn. His music hits and enters 
the ring. Crowd pops. And listen, I give it to Quebec City Golf Clap, man. I mean, freaking the crowd chant, you know, singing the Olay stuff. They're singing Sami Zayn theme song. Um, so I just, at the start, you know, you're thinking, you know, I love the atmosphere. I, I you know, of course, Sami Zayn is going to bring that to you. And again, but here's the thing, though. I'm thinking, okay, what is this leading to here? And what do you know it? The Judgment Day interrupt. They interrupt their music hits. They surround Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens then interrupts. He he comes to the aid. They go after. He goes after Dominic straight away, and they take out the Judgment Day. He stuns uh, Damian Priest into freaking next week as the Judgment Day retreats, and this leads into a tag match later on in the night. I mean, this was at least this was probably the only time the crowd was really hot throughout the entire show i'm gonna be honest with you and it's because of sam and sammy zane and kevin owens and you know being fellow canadians and the relationship with with quebec city and canada and, and all that fun jazz right guys i i said it in the cold open there's nothing else for me to really say i mean once again you have this formulaic notion right it's just liquidating liquidating this vicious cycle that we got to start off with a baby face saying a few few words, the judgment day coming out, trying to feel fucking dominant, trying to be dominant. They surround the ring. Even when Kevin Owens comes out, they still have the numbers game, and yet they're still fucking retreating. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's just you can't you can't fucking make it up. You really just you can't make it up. And it's the same redundant shit. And then, you, of course, you have Rhea Ripley. You know, trying once again playing peacemaker with Damian Priest and Balor as there have been butting heads, of course, as of late, uh, which I don't mind. It's just I wish that we can approach this and set this, I guess you can say, turn differently as, you know, J.D. McDonough has been involved as of late. Talked about J.D. McDonough over the past two weeks. So so there you go, guys. There's there's your suspense. Freaking another another six man tag. You've seen a six man tag last week. Two weeks ago, a month ago, four months ago, and you're going to continue to fucking see it. <sighs> Moving on. I'm just going to move on. The New Day defeats Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. Um, the Viking Raiders got involved as they attacked uh, Drew McIntyre on the ring apron. However, Kofi Kingston wins the match via a trouble in paradise to Matt Riddle. So once again, Matt Riddle in a shiny freaking fingernails his neon freaking yellow fingernails is once again looking up standing up laying on his back and looking up at the lights um drew mcintyre gains the upper hand as the viking raiders are attacking both the both, both the new day as well as matt riddle and then you know matt, uh, of course mcintyre you know gains the upper hand attacks the viking raiders the viking raiders retreat and mcintyre and matt riddle stand tall what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Are, are, are we going to get a triple threat? Are we going to get a singles triple threat next week? Are we going to get like Matt Riddle, one member of the Viking Raiders and the New Day? What are we doing, guys? Are we going to have the New Day face the Viking Raiders again? The New Day just came back and they defeat the Viking Raiders. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? We're going to have we're going to see the Viking Raiders and end the New Day again when we just saw that as well on SmackDown, because that's the thing too, right? It's the same matchups that we saw on SmackDown not too long ago, and you're just placing them on Monday Night Raw. It's no fucking different. It's lazy, It's and it's redundant. It's the same shit, and you're, and, and you're trying to put... It, it's not even a spin on it. I can't even say a spin on it. You're, you're just throwing all these people out there and expecting us to fucking care with no creativity, just no care at, at all. 
and you're putting Drew McIntyre, and I've said this so many times about Drew, and now Drew McIntyre, and it seems like what? We're, we're playing, we're, we're doing a, an RKO, an RK bro 2.0 shtick with Matt Riddle. Is that is that seriously what the fuck we're doing? People, guys, I swear to God, if this does not lead to Drew McIntyre claymoring Matt Riddle's fucking dome piece off, I'm going to fucking lose it. If I have to witness another RK bro shtick, I swear to fucking God, see this wall? I'm going to slam my fucking head through it. I, I mean, what are we doing with Drew McIntyre? It's the same shtick with Orton. He's like freaking backstage later on. He's like, oh, please, Drew, you know, please tag with me next week. It's like the same he would say about Randy. Hey, Randy, can you be my tag partner, Randy? Like, it's like it's a toddler talking to his freaking father. You know, freaking he talked about his freaking his his father you know, going to the grocery store and never coming back like. It's like he's a, again, Drew McIntyre is now like the next father figure to freaking Randy. It's just, oh my God. It's just like, it's, it's fucking, st this is what we're doing with Drew, man. You know, it's, you know, to all these people that were okay with Drew McIntyre coming, going after Gunther and an IC title when we knew from the jump that he wasn't going to fucking win it. And it did, it did nothing for him in defeat and it did nothing for him, you know, after the match was over, it did nothing for him. And now he's attached to Matt Riddle. Is everybody excited, Ben? You know, when you could have done something new, something fresh, something cool for Drew, have him turn heel right from the jump, freaking at Money in the Bank or whenever the fuck he returned. I believe it was at Money in the Bank in London. And you really could have gotten the momentum going with Drew McIntyre. But no, you're going to have him replace Randy Orton or have him replace Randy Orton being next to Matt Riddle. And now we're going to form this, this weird fucking tag team, you know, and I'm just, all, all I'm saying is, man, this better lead to Drew McIntyre freaking claymoring and beating the shit out of freaking Scooter McGee, as I like to call it freaking, you know, taking the <laughs> shoving his scooter where the sun don't shine and kicking him so hard where his freaking nail polish freaking crumbles. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Moving on. This freaking podcast is going off the rails already. <sighs> so Janie McDonough and Finn Balor are backstage. You know, of course, you know, talking about, you know, maybe, you know, our friendship, you know, with Finn Balor's, he's in a backstage uh, with, I forgot who the, not Caleb Braxton or anybody, or not even Byron Saxon, I forget her name, but uh, she's, you know, Janie McDonough is talking about Finn Balor and his relationship with Finn Balor, his friendship with Finn Balor. You know, saying I, ha you know, we can help the Judgment Day grow stronger. You know, uh, Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest they pull Finn aside, talking Judgment Day business about who's going to tag uh, with Dominic or whoever, who's going to be the two members that are going to face Owens and Zayn, and that's that's pretty much it. So listen, I, I like the I like the way that JD McDonough is being inserted to this. I do like that, and I did like how the 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 night went off in regards to JD McDonough. Um, his involvement, um, or later on in the night, I should say, I, I like some semblance of that. And I like the way that the, you know, freaking Finn Balor, you know, the briefcase being used. I thought that was fine. I got no problem with that. Could it be better? Sure. So I don't mind that guys. I just wish that there was more care. 
I just wish that there was more care about JD McDonough instead of just pulling him from freaking catering from the freaking from from the back of the from from the back of you know you know the freaking collection that's collecting dust and say okay here's JD McDonough here you know put him in this Judgment Day feud you know when you know, just I don't know it's just but hey at least you know, at least JD McDonough is getting is getting this you know this opportunity to, to see how he can carry himself with the, with this judgment day feud. So we, we shall see how it goes, man. So as we'll talk more about the judgment day later on, moving into our number two, we have Chad Gable facing Gunther for the IC championship, the intercontinental championship. The fight escalates outside the ring. Gable German suplexes Gunther over the barricade as uh, Chad Gable beats the count to get back in the ring and Gable wins the match via a count out. Um, however, Gunther is just pissed off. And of course, you know, he retains the title as a title match. Of course, you guys know title doesn't change hands on a count out. So Gunther is still the champion. Uh, however, Gunther is pissed off as they're trying to like, you know, blow it out of propor proportion. Like this is the first time that Gunther has been defeated since he's been on the main roster or something along those lines. Um, as you know, Gunther was also backstage screaming at Imperium and, you know, and freaking Ludwig Kaiser said some words to, uh, to, uh, to Vinci or whatever the fuck his name is. And, and that's it. So look, man, I, I'm honest, honestly, this was the right decision. I know there's going to be a lot of people that, uh, are not going to be fond with the way that this match ended. And I completely understand where you're coming from or where anybody is coming from with that. Um, however, I mean, this, this, nobody could have won or lost this match. I'm sorry. You, you can't have, this situation, you know, you know, you can't have Chad Gable lose. You can't have Gunther lose. You, 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 this, this was the right decision to have a DQ finish. Obviously, it could have been done better. And I just wish that overall this build could have just been better, right? I understand these are two good ring in performers. We have so much love and appreciation for both Chad Gable and Gunther, right? I get it. But I wish there could have just been more care about this feud man i like because this feud if you want to put it on a payback on a pay-per-view which who knows that could still be the case you know in, in the next week and a half i want to say now when, when as we're getting closer and closer to payback does that match still happen at payback i don't know if that's the case then i don't know why we even wasted this match anyway so if you're going to do the match at payback so we've already seen these people these two members already wrestle twice and now they're going to wrestle again. Is it going to be a tremendous match if, if it is at the pay-per-view? No question. But still, man, I, I wish that there was just more to just sink your teeth into, man. Because, I mean, you know, and listen, props to Chad Gable and Gunther. Tremendous match overall, by the way. This, again, this was one of the slight positives out of this entire show. Um, and, of course, the outcome and the way that, you know, the DQ finish happened was the right call. I have no problem with that. Um, it's just, I just wish that there was more care, man, you know, just not even a week or two after what Gable won that whole fatal four-way match. I want to see not even a week or so, um, after defeating Vinci last week, and now you're already getting this match, you know, there's just, there's just no care, man. You know, there's, there's no care. And it's, you know, when it comes to Chad Gable, we talked about how, you know, we always say how good Chad Gable is, you know, push Chad Gable, you know, give him in this opportunity. And it's great to see him get this 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 opportunity at a mid-card championship. But now, right, OK, you put him in that position. That's step one. Chad Gable's going to crush it out of the freaking ballpark. But now 
Now you got to get behind them. Now you got to freaking really get creative and, and get people to actually care about the feud. And they have not done that. I'm sorry. Was the match good? Absolutely. For what it was, it was solid. But they they need to do a better job making a making more people just care leading up to it. You know, I understand maybe for some people, maybe because they're tremendous in ring performers, the match speaks for itself. Then that's fine, I guess. I, I just wish that there was just something more behind than just two wrestlers putting on a tremendous match. So that's that's just me, especially if, if you are going to have the match at payback. I don't know why you would waste that in the middle in the middle of uh in the middle of, of Monday Night Raw because what else is there left? What else is there need to see now unless you're gonna do some type of stipulation, which I hope they don't go too over dramatic when it comes to the stipulation, but I don't know. They could just do another regular match, which kind of just suits better. It suits their characters better than doing some dumb, weird stipulation. Um, you know, cause obviously they're more good. Again, like I said, they're, they're better in ring performers. It would just be weird to just do some weird, crazy type of stipulation unless it's like a submission match. I, I don't know, but I, I just wish that there was just more care put into it, man. Cause Gunther deserves that. And you guys know damn well that Chad Gable deserves that as well. Uh, backstage, Balor and Priest are arguing over who should team with Dominic. And freaking Rhea's like, all right, listen, you know, either you guys make up your minds or I will do it for you. As she walks off, as she gets ready, I, I believe she was uh, getting ready to face Candice LeRae, uh, you know, in a match later on. Um, up next, we have Shinsuke Nakamura cutting a tremendous freaking promo. Um I don't even think it was backstage. It was like some type of setting, some type of vignette as he's pretty much the promo was in Japanese. There's subtitles. So you can kind of like read, you know, read of what Shinsuke Nakamura is saying. Freaking love it, man. I love the way that Shinsuke is just looked as such in, in, in this visual, right? Just the visual, how he's talking, how it's coming across, how it's coming off the screen. Freaking love it, man. This is how you book Shinsuke. And I was thinking about this too. And this came across, man, you know, you know, you know, of course we talk about Shinsuke and, you know, you know, Brian spoke about this not too long ago about a language barrier. Right. And I feel like that there could be, could there be a language barrier in this company? It wouldn't shock me. Right. Um, however, I've noticed with Shinsuke, like he's been getting better with his English. He really, really has been. Um, however, obviously if you want him to speak in his native language, then freaking do such man. Hell, even that have like a translator, <laughs> a, a, a translator, like as his manager, right? You know, a bunch of cool shit you can do with that. You know, I freaking love that man. Freaking love Shinsuke. And again, just how he, he carried himself in this promo, you know, talk, he, he pretty much just sending a message to Seth exposing Seth Rollins about a back injury that he suffered back in 2019. So he's like, watch your back as he discussed like what he whispered into, into Shinsuke's ear from last week. Um, I like it, man. And look, you know, and who knows, man, may, could this just be a filler type of feud for Shinsuke? It definitely could, but at least how this is going, man, I, I, I really do. I really do like what they're doing with Shinsuke and how this feud as at least they're trying to make it feel somewhat important. And and again, and I said this last week on our final ep our final season finale of season two, uh, just from our last episode, right? You know, not only is it doing wealth wonders for Shinsuke, but for Seth Rollins and the World Heavyweight Championship. This type of feud, this type of feel needs 
is needed for the World Heavyweight Championship. So I, I like what they're doing. And, you know, Seth Rollins also cut a, a backstage promo later on the night. Um, as, as I, and I'll get into that in the third hour. But tremendous stuff from Shinsuke. Um, and we'll see. I guess they're going to do some type of maybe face-to-face for their final final show before payback. So we'll see how that goes. But so far, man, you know, nothing great, nothing, you know, spectacular. But, hey, from what we've gotten in the show, freaking freaking golf clap, man. I'll freaking take it. You know, and any freaking day of the week. So up next, moving into hour number two or further into hour number two, we have Rhea Ripley, your WWE Women's World Champion against Candice LeRae. Like I mentioned, guys, match time was one minute and 14 seconds. Are you shocked? I'm not. Um, Candice LeRae takes this freaking L. She taps instantly to I guess it was like a like a clover leaf, like a type of clover leaf submission. I don't even think freaking Michael Cole knew what the freaking the submission maneuver was. She's done it before. It's like some type of clover leaf submission or whatever. Raquel Rodriguez's music hits. She's you know, she suckers Rhea Ripley in with the crutch as she's hobbling in. She's hobbling to the ring with, with a crutch. Um, she takes out Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley retreats up the rampway as uh, Raquel Rodriguez states that it's gonna be her versus Rhea Ripley at WWE Payback for the WWE Women's Championship. So first things first, man, Candice LeRae, fucking why? Why? Why Why does she need to lose in under 90 seconds? You could have put a fucking jobber in there. I, I don't understand it, bro. If you're going to have a match that doesn't even last two to three fucking minutes, put a local talent a local jobber in there. It's doing nothing but harm the fucking talent. I understand. You got to make Rhea Ripley look dominant. You got to make her feel as such. I get it. But not at the expense of Candice LeRae. Do that to a local talent. Do that to a local jobber. Not to your one of your members of your active roster. I'd rather you just leave Candice LeRae in the fucking back than have her lose in less than 90 seconds. I'm serious. So that pisses me off to no end. You had her fucking beat Indy Hartwell in less than two minutes, and now she's beating Candice LeRae in under fucking six, in under 90 seconds. It just, it makes no, just no sense to me at, at all. It's just fucking mind-boggling. But anyway, I even mentioned this just early on. Raquel Rodriguez, she's hobbling to a crutch. How does that make sense? She legit assaulted Rhea Ripley two weeks ago. Right. As, as they were walking down the rampway, she takes out Rhea Ripley, like, which was a tremendous women's brawl. I, I talked about that in the top five lists of the week in, in our final uh, our final episode as well. Um, no crutches. And she wasn't medically cleared from when I checked. And now she's hobbling on a crutch. I don't know, again, if that was just a I guess I guess people can just throw that to me that it was just a facade to trick Rhea Ripley. I, I, I don't. But again, but still. She was not on crutches several weeks ago. So for Rhea Ripley to just to sucker, just to sucker Rhea Ripley. And that just makes Rhea Ripley look like a fucking idiot. I, I guys make it fucking make sense it, that whatever, maybe all oh, James, you're reading too much into it. Well, whatever. I'm just, I'm just saying. So look it. So Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez at payback. Um, doesn't shock me because as soon as this was taken off of the SummerSlam card, this was probably you guys knew that this was going to be the match for payback because they knew when it comes to Raquel Rodriguez, they knew they didn't book her properly. They knew that she didn't have the freaking there was no business being on a SummerSlam card. So they knew that wasn't going to work. They knew freaking, you know, she was going to get hardly a freaking reaction. 
and okay, let's move, let's play it safe. Let's have her play this injury and, you know, have it, you know, have them wrestle at, uh, at, at the pay at, at payback, the next pay-per-view after SummerSlam. So saw this coming a mile away. Um, and I've said this before too, man, as I get for, as I start to go into our number three here, you know, Raquel and Rhea, I mean, listen, I'm on board if you book it properly. I, I truly am. But you gotta make me feel as such, man. That women's brawl, that's a start. That was a tremendous women's brawl n- not too long ago. I want to say it was two weeks ago, right? Very, very well done. You know, and now you gotta build towards that. We now only have one more show, guys, until freaking payback. You know, they're gonna have to hit a grand slam to really get people to say, man, I can't wait to see Raquel versus Rhea Ripley in, in this women's title match. Um, you know, and it's just weird. It's just, you know, look, to end this, man, I get it. Rhea Ripley needs to look dominant. She needs to, you know, freaking, she needs to feel as such. I get it, man. But just defeating these women, these women on your active roster in under two minutes, like Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Nikki Cross, I believe at one point as well. It's just like, again, we wonder why we don't, this women's division for the most part, outside of just people like, you know, again, the people that this company wants to book as such, that they want fans to feel as such, people like Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, you know, and of course, you know, Bianca is starting to be, I mean, again, we like Bianca, but clearly, you know, they want to keep Bianca Belair in that title picture. As long as you're not one of those few names, man, this company doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) They don't. They will rest on those handful of women and that alone in a title picture. Right. You know, and, and that's it. That's, that's all I can really say in regards to that. To end our number two, we have the Miz. The Miz hits the ring as he's in a match with Tazawa. Tazawa comes out. He's like, you know, teasing the Miz with the yeah catchphrase of LA Knight. Um, you know, this just pisses, just pisses the Miz off as this leads into a match between the Miz and Akira Tazawa. Uh, LA Knight, yeah, comes out to the ring. As he's on commentary, he joins commentary. Uh, Freaking the Miz, he's trying to like you know show off in front of freaking L.A. Knight as he's distracted with L.A. Knight. Akira Tozawa counters the skull crushing finale, and Akira Tozawa wins this match via. Get ready for this, guys. Get ready. The awe-inspiring, the ultra devastating. Roll up finish. Yes. The first freaking the the first roll up finish for season three, and it's Akira Tozawa rolling up the Miz. So is that what this feud is, guys? It, it's it's just so this past Friday, it's L.A. Knight getting rolled up by Austin Theory out of all people, right? It's like let let's take our most over most the the the, the wrestler that's the most over with the crowd that's the that's that's white hot right now let's have that dude get rolled up by the most boring most cliche fucking character in Austin Theory that's no shade to Austin Theory that's just you know the company just doesn't know what the hell to do with him and that's it's just an unfortunate situation but a boring ass freaking Austin Theory character getting rolled up because the Miz distracted him and now it's vice versa to where LA Knight didn't even hardly distract him. Like it's just freaking the Miz just being the Miz. And it's Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa. Guys, I have this stat as well. This is Akira Tozawa's first singles victory 
in six years. Think about that. Six fucking years. And he wins via a roll-up against The Miz. I mean, shoot, he, he, he's been a part of the 24-7 title for so long. That's the only maneuver he has in, in his arsenal. That's the only move he has is the roll-up. Because that's all you do when you were a part of the 24-7 championship. You roll people up freaking 24-7. <laughs> no pun intended. So, yeah, man. Freaking post-match LA Knight. Freaking The Miz is distracted with the ref. LA Knight hits, hits The Miz with, with the BFT. I'm also going to say this as well. End the fucking brand split. I'm done. Like, guys, if we're going to have people like LA Knight, and I know, I know it's LA Knight. We all love the dude. Trust me, I do as well. But again, this dude is a SmackDown superstar. Like, just end the brand split. If you're not going to give a fuck, then, then, <laughs> then why should we give a fuck about it? Seriously, just end the brand split. Be done with it. Because clearly they don't care. They just, they let people just come onto the show, join commentary when they're, when they're not a member of the roster. Miz did it on Friday. You have LA Knight doing it this week. LA Knight did it the week after before that. The fuck are we doing? You know, and that's the feud, right? I distract you, you get rolled up. And then I distract you, you get rolled up. So I look like a clown. You look like a clown. Everybody just looks like a fucking clown. <laughs> Might as well be playing circus music. Unreal, man. Um, listen, I like LA Knight. I like The Miz. I was, I loved that that back and forth that they had two weeks ago. Um, that that whole interaction, I thought it was tremendous. And so far, a week in, and the the momentum is is non existent. There's no build up to that. There's no there's no the momentum has now died. Where Man, the Miz and the and LA Knight in a tremendous face to face a promo battle, and we do this shit. I, I, I mean, got the 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 most bare minimum, right? And we throw LA Knight onto the show as a SmackDown competitor. Why? I don't know. End the fucking brand split. I know I sound like a broken record with that, but guys, I'm fucking done. Right. If, if this company is not going to care about a brand split, then why the fuck is there a brand split? Fucking end it. I'm done. Moving on. Hour number three, Becky Lynch, her music hits and she enters the ring. She talks about her legacy, you know, defining not by her wins, wins or her title victories, but survival. You know, as she talks about her steel cage, as that is another match that has been announced as well. I believe there's only been three matches announced. I believe that is Shinsuke and Rollins. You now have Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus in a steel cage. And you have uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Raquel Rodriguez. So interesting, right? We're almost a week away from this pay-per-view. And the, <laughs> the card is not even hardly even half full. So that's just fucking weird. Anyway, so Trish Stratus comes out uh, with Zoe Starks. They both interrupt. Uh, Trish Stratus, you know, she trashes Quebec City. Um, you know, freaking listen, this is not, it's not like this is Montreal or Toronto. She's trying to do the best she can, but I think freaking the crowd, as the show has been going on, has just been slowly being 
the life is just being slowly being sucked out of Quebec City. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we're in hour number three, and it's like everybody just wants to fucking go to bed. All right, well, like, can, like, can Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just come out one more time? And I'm just like, I'm already done with this shit, man. Um, so yeah, so Trish Stratus, so she says a few words, um, you know, just again, just talking crap to one another, building up to their match. It's the steel cage match at payback. Uh, Becky states that she will fight Zoe Starks in a false count anywhere match next week. And they just scream and yell at each other in the ring. Like Becky Lynch is wearing, I think Trish's cowboy hat and Trish Stratus is like, Oh, give me my hat back. I don't like that. And like, freaking Zoe Starks is like holding her back or whatever. Guys, I don't know. Let me say this. I understand a lot of people for months now have not been on board with, with this feud. And I completely trust me guys. I get it. This, this has had a lot of holes. There's been a lot of red flags and it shows, man, it's tremendous. It, It definitely shows. However, you know, for me personally, I have not mind the feud I, I like the fact that Becky Lynch is taking herself away from the title picture and, you know, she's doing the best of what she's been given with Trish Stratus. And I think Trish Stratus has been doing phenomenal. Trish Stratus has gotten a lot of weird criticism as of late. I don't freaking understand that. I, I mean, for the past four months, for what she's been given, she, she's been doing a tremendous freaking job. Um, she's been better. I mean, yes, I understand she's taking time away from freaking from active talent guys i get it but guys what are they what are they doing with their active talent right what what else are they doing with their active talent what are they doing with indy hartwell what are they doing with candace loray so if you're gonna put trish stratus on your show to get some women some tv time right and, and to do it at the level that she's still doing it at it's I, I, what's there to complain about i honestly can the can the feud be better sure Absolutely. I completely hear where people are coming from. If you're just not on board with the feud, if you're just completely turned off by it, trust me, I get it. The fact that we're already past SummerSlam and this feud hasn't been freaking hasn't been, uh, you know, hasn't been, you know, freaking done with at this point now is definitely weird. And you can tell Becky Lynch is still frustrated when it comes to that. I can just tell from her mannerisms and everything. She's still frustrated with not being on the SummerSlam card, you know, and there's been a lot of talks of that over the past several weeks as well, especially during the time that me and Brian have been gone about Becky Lynch being very unhappy, not being on the SummerSlam card. And I don't freaking blame them, man. I mean, a four month build for, for months and you're not on one of the biggest pay-per-view events of the, of the year. So what was the point of building that shit for four fucking months? It's really odd. Um, so yeah, so Becky is going to face, Zoe Starks and probably beat her again, I guess, before the steel cage match. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Um, all I know is that, man, is freaking Trish Stratus. And I understand people want to make the argument about taking TV time away, but still, man, for what she's been given and what she's been able to do, um, she has done a tremendous job. Um, has she been damn near perfect? No. But but she there's, there's always – she's given you those – those signs that she is still fucking Trish Stratus. <laughs> I mean, her, I mean, just, you know, she gets it, man. She gets it. She still fucking got it. Obviously. Yes. I understand, you know, of course being part-time, you're going to lose a step or two in the ring. I, I, I get all of that, but um, 
so yeah, you know, and I, I think I, and listen, I can speak for, you know, for most people that I know a lot of people just want this feud to be done with. I completely get where you're coming from. And as I'm sure once this, this feud is done or once this match is over with a payback, that's pretty much, pretty much it for Trish Stratus as I'm pretty sure we probably won't see her for a while as she's really been putting in a lot of work with this, with this four month feud with Becky. Um, it's a shame that it wasn't on SummerSlam and now you got to put it on to, on to payback, but freaking here we are. So, and up next we have Chelsea Green and Piper Niven versus Kaden Carter and Katana Chance. Piper Niven wins via a flying crossbody for the W. That's it. <laughs> guys, that's it. Well, guys, what else do you want me to say? That's it. So Piper Niven, right? She claim she 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 declares herself as as Chelsea's new tag partner and as a tag champion. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, what the f uh, oh my god. I mean, look, I I, I guess you could say it's better than just and I spoke about this um with 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 a friend of mine not too long ago about how I guess you could say it's better than just than just throwing a tournament, <laughs> a random tournament that we see every once every two weeks, three weeks a month. But still, man, you pluck Piper Niven from irrelevancy and you put her title on her and you're trying to tell this feud with or, or, or this whatever this shtick is with, with Chelsea Green and you expect us to care and you have Katana Chance and Caden Carter, a women's tag team that's actually really good that you can gravitate towards a fan base, a young fan base full of a young women's, you know, women's fans or, you know, or your women fan base, I should say, right? I'm, again, I'm stuttering so much because this shit frustrates the fuck out of me. You know, a legit women's tag team, but yet they're getting the short end of the stick and we're, we're plucking Piper Niven from irrelevancy. And I just don't understand what this is doing for Piper Niven and Chelsea and Caden Chance and for Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Like, okay, like, what what did this accomplish? What made me that much more exciting about Chelsea Green and Piper Niven and telling the story of what they're telling? It's it just, there's no effort. There's no effort. And just, you know, I... And, and, and I don't know, man. And with Sonya Deville and her injury, like, I guess you could say like, oh, they're telling the story when Sonya Deville comes back. Guys, you really think that they're thinking far ahead to when, when Sonya Deville comes back, they're, it, it's going to tell some semblance of a story with Chelsea Green here. You think that they're going to still be holding on to tag titles throughout the time that Sonya Deville is, is going through rehab and comes back from her injury. Guys, stop, stop. <laughs> you know, it's just, just, it's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of fucking time. And the women just, again, man, getting the short end of the stick. If your name's not Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, like I always say, man, good luck. Good luck in trying to feel special in that fucking company. Uh, Seth Rollins cut a promo backstage. You know, he states um, that he has two fractures in his lumbar spine that he suffered four years ago as he sends a message to Nakamura. And this is when he really starts to get amplified and was so freaking well done. And his listen, if you want to bring my family, if you want to get personal, you know, and he just freaking just gets amplified. He sends that message to Shinsuke, um, you know, and then that's, that's pretty much it, man. 
Um, he states, you know, about the injury saying, listen, you know, he, he doesn't know how much longer that he can compete at the, at the level that he's at, you know, is it, you know, everything that Shinsuke Nakamura said was true as he spilled the beans about his injury. So, um, and look, I don't know if this is a legit injury or not. I haven't done too much research about it. I, I want to say, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some semblance to truth that maybe Seth Rollins, maybe it's not as major as they're trying to drag it out. Maybe there is a minor injury there, or maybe it's just completely freaking false and it's completely part of the story. I don't know. I need to read more into this before I can give you guys my my, my full thoughts about the, the whole injury angle here. But from what this promo was, man, freaking loved it. Uh, Seth Rollins just being serious just being amplified and sending the message that he needed to send to Shinsuke. Just freaking well done, man. You know, enough of the whoa shtick, none of the freaking, the, the fucking Joker type of laughing shtick. No, we, this is the Seth Rollins, right? The Seth Rollins, the same Seth Rollins that won the IC title, right? That whole shtick, that whole mid-card title run that he had in 2017. That's the, that's what that Seth Rollins remind me of in that promo. That is the Seth Rollins that it remind me of. We need that Seth Rollins less of this fucking Joker, this the fucking outfits and the whole, whatever the fuck, the dance and the song. Don't get me started with the fucking song. Thank God. Seriously. Um, but for what this was, this promo solid stuff from Rollins and who knows, man, when it comes to this feud, this could be a filler type of feud. You know, who knows what's what's left for Shinsuke. I don't expect Shinsuke to win this match. Um, again, I have to, you know, look more into this injury with Rollins because if this injury is serious as what it is being prescribed, then who knows, man? It's it's up in the air when it comes to the, the title changing hands. But, I, I mean, I still expect Seth Rollins to still win this, to still win this title. Um, I, I just hope that if that is the case, that Shinsuke continues to feel as such man because Shinsuke they've been placing him in a lot of good segments in a lot of good situations the turn was very was done very well a couple of weeks ago and I just hope that this is you know and I'm in the same boat as Brian like I said last episode right is you know once they're done with this this match I hope this is just not this is not just the end of Shinsuke like oh here's here's we'll give you a filler type of feud with Rollins and then you're back to the mid card or whatever the fuck you were doing with Bronson Reed right so We'll see, man. We we shall see when it comes to that. Main event. Main event uh, was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Or so we thought. Uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, she's up at the rampway. She demands that, you know, Balor and Priest, you know, she's putting her foot down. Like, you guys are teaming up. You guys go do it. I'm not taking no for an answer. Go do it. Get it done. Y'all know what you need to do. Um, JD McDonough gets involved. He tries to throw the briefcase to freaking uh, to Kevin Owens, he intercepts it and just decks freaking Balor with it. Um, forces a DQ. Freaking JD McDonough. I guess he just he goes back to catering, eating eating triple layered moose cake. I don't fucking know. Um, and this leads to the Judgment Day. They start to gain the upper hand. They start to beat up on Kevin Owens and and, and Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. Right. And I'm going to speak more about this to Cody Rhodes as he did cut a promo earlier that I missed as well. Um, or I forgot to talk about earlier on, but he comes out, uh, evens up the numbers, I should say. And this leads to, you guys know what it is, man, the good old six-man tag. So this is how we get to the six-man. Once again, the same 
you know, the same amount, the same number of people, the judgment day, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Cody Rhodes. If it's not Cody Rhodes, it's Seth. If it's not Seth, it's Matt Riddle. If it's not Matt Riddle. It's freaking freaking whoever. Right. But it's the same shtick, the same formula ending with a six man fucking tag. Are we kidding? Come on, man. Lazy fucking shit. I mean, I, I, guys, if you've seen one six man, t- I mean, I can't, I can't fathom the amount of tag match, the six man tag matches that WWE has produced in this calendar year alone. <laughs> I mean, guys, it's fucking ridiculous, bro. It's like, again, watching the same show on Netflix every single week with the same people and with the same ending. <laughs> The same ending with the freaking, you guessed it, the baby faces win the match and they stand tall as Cody Rhodes hits a crossroads. Sami Zayn hits a Kalula kick, followed by a stunner from Kevin Owens onto Dominic Mysterio. And the Judgment Day, freaking, once again, they're, they're at the beginning of the night, they were standing tall as a cohesive unit. And once again, they're retreating to the back. No storytelling with JD McDonough or Finn Balor or Dan or nothing. Just. Just the baby faces winning the match. They stand tall and they celebrate with the crowd. And Michael Cole's like, oh, congrats. Thanks for thanks for joining us on a jam-packed show. Good night, everybody. In the most monotone fucking voice you can imagine. And that's your show. And now we have one show left until payback as Monday Night Raw goes off the air. <sighs> Guys, I made a TikTok. All right? I made a TikTok this past week. And this is where I get into Cody Rhodes, right? Talking about Cody Rhodes. There is no direction for this fucking dude, right? I know that there's talks about him winning or, you know, facing Roman again at WrestleMania. And, you know, me and Brian will talk more about that once we get closer to WrestleMania later on this year. You know, if that, you know, who knows if that is the case. It wouldn't shock me as it is. But again, I highly doubt it's going to have the same feel that it did at WrestleMania 39. You know, I wish WWE luck in that aspect. However, you can tell, and it started right from the jump after SummerSlam, the direction for Cody Rhodes. And now he's being, once again, just being plucked into whatever the Judgment Day is doing. And that's, and that, that's, what, that's what Cody Rhodes is doing, man. You know, they have nothing for this dude. They had nothing... They had nothing for him for four months with Brock telling no fucking story. And now you, and now all of that build for four months and you pluck and you put him in with the judgment day doing the same shtick in the same matches with the same outcome, the same everything. Again, unless there is Bray Wyatt making a return after payback, Randy Orton, one of those two names that happens after payback, I'm telling you, man, continue to get used to Cody Rhodes and the Judgment Day in the same fucking segments in the same shtick. I'm telling you, this is what you're going to see moving forward throughout this calendar year. I'm telling you, get used to it. You know, that WrestleMania loss, that, you know, that the, the struggle and adversity it's really paying off for Cody Rhodes, isn't it? And now we expect this type of momentum for Cody. 
plucking, you know, plucking him into with the judgment day, whatever the judgment day is doing. And we want to do that and, and think that that's going to have the same amount of magic leading into WrestleMania 40 when he faces fucking Roman for that title and, and thinking it's going to have the same feel and magic like it did at WrestleMania 39. Yeah. Fuck off, man. <laughs> you you got to do way better than that. And I know we're still ways away from WrestleMania 40, but if this this is the plan for Cody to just continue to to put him in with people like the Judgment Day, right? Damian Priest matches with Finn Balor, matches with Dominic that he had at Money in the Bank, that he's repeatedly beat week after week after week. It doesn't fucking matter how many times he's beaten them week after week. He's going to continue to be in in six man in six man tag matches and tag matches and it's rinse and repeat the vicious fucking cycle. That's Cody Rhodes's booking. And that's it, man. Directionless is what Cody Rhodes is. It's a shame. For 4 months trying to trying to tell a story with Brock Lesnar after that massive booking botch at WrestleMania, you put him in there with Brock. That could have done wonders for the title if you would have put the it would have put the title on Cody Rhodes. It would have made more sense for the feud with Brock, but you didn't do that. You told no story with Brock for four fucking months. He just gets his ass whooped by Brock. There's no story. There's no substance. No explanation to why Brock even was beating up Cody Rhodes, and now. He defeats Brock at SummerSlam, and we think, all right, now Cody Rhodes, let's get him some momentum. Let's get him a few. Let's get him back on track. And this is what we got for him. You know, it's ridiculous. Doing the same shit with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The Judgment Day, rinse and fucking repeat. A glorified house show. That's what it is, man. I said it a couple weeks ago. I made that reference not too long ago you know, earlier on in season two. And I'm saying this now, man, Monday night raw for the most part. Right. And, and last week, two weeks ago was a, was a, at least was a competent to solid show was a decent show, but this, and for most shows that we've seen in this calendar year, a glorified house show. That's what it is at the end of the day. And now you got payback coming up a card that's hardly even half full. You got three matches left. The card isn't even full. What are we doing, man? <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? We're just trying to coast through payback, just try to get through payback. Uh, let's just freaking put, just put whatever on pen to paper and just, 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 just get it out there. Fuck it. You know, that's what it is. And it shows with these, with how these shows are played out and, and, and the intrigue and the investment that we have in it. There's no investment to what Cody Rhodes is doing. There's no investment to what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are doing. Forget those two. They're holding on the tag titles. They've done nothing with those titles since they since they won them at WrestleMania. Absolutely nothing. You know? Not even Rhea Ripley and holding on to the women's world title. Yeah, that victory at WrestleMania is doing wonders for her. She's held that title now for four months. She hasn't done shit with that title besides being Dominic's fucking girlfriend. The women's division is non-existent. You know, outside of Seth and maybe Seth and, and Shinsuke, right? And even that, there's nothing that's anything that's that's outstanding. What, what is there? Damian Priest and, and Finn Balor? 
right? We're going to play the shtick to where, oh, let's let's throw the briefcase in, in the, let's let's involve the briefcase in the six-man tag or the tag match. Freaking, oh, if, uh, you know, freaking, uh, you know, oh, here, use it as a weapon. And then they, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work to their favor and they, they get, you know, sent to the back looking like a bunch of schmucks. Is that it? Come on, man. Same song and dance, same shtick. And it does nothing to get me excited. No cliffhanger. Nothing that makes me need to tune in next week. Nothing. I'm half asleep by the time I get to the freaking, by the time I get to the main event. Nothing. And it becomes a chore to get through these shows. To get through two pages of notes of this shit. And that's what, that's what it comes down to for this show alone. You know, two weeks ago, solid, solid, a decent show had a, had some lot more good that outweighed the bad. But for this man, just another one of those shows that me and Brian have covered for at least for the most part in season two. And that is lazy, redundant, careless, and just redundant at its finest. And that's pretty much it. And that is Monday Night Raw. That is Monday Night Raw from last night, August 21st, 2023. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this season three premiere of Ruthless Talk. And I know with the season three premiere, it's not the ideal first episode of season three. Of course, Brian Thomas not being here with me. But trust me, guys, it's going to get a lot juicier. It's going to get a lot more entertaining and and just a lot of stuff to talk about you know moving forward so uh lots of stuff to look forward to as like i mentioned uh our next episode it'll just be me going solo once again talking friday night smackdown um again this is um i believe and also as well john cena john cena is going to be um not this week on smackdown but the following week on smackdown as that announcement was made uh, but SmackDown, I will be covering that on Saturday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Again, Brian Thomas will be back with me on Thursday, August 31st, as well as we will have a very special guest joining the show. Um, I know that I'm sure he's excited as just as we are uh, to have him on the show. So make sure you guys stay tuned for who that person is. That is going to be a whole lot of fun once we get to that for next week. And of course, we talk WWE payback in the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then, of course, on Monday... Uh, September 4th, I will be live at the Spectrum Center for Monday Night Raw. Um, so definitely expect a lot of content on social media. Um, you know, I'll be spewing out in Instagram stories and all that fun stuff. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Hopefully crossing my fingers, like I mentioned early on, they put on somewhat of a decent entertaining show. Again, this is my first show, first live televised event in three three plus years, uh, way before the pandemic era. So hopefully, um, you know, um, hopefully the show again, like I mentioned is pretty solid entertaining, but you know, overall it's going to be a fun time. Um, you know, meet some, meet some people and, um, yeah, man, just, you know, and have fun with it at the end of the day. So, but thank you guys so much for tuning in as we are kicking off season three, one of many episodes of season three to come. So make sure again, guys on Saturday, August 26th is the Friday night SmackDown review. Brian Thomas is back with me Thursday, August 31st. And then of course we talk payback August 3rd for the good, the bad and the ugly. And then of course we have, of course, all in that's going to be on that August 31st 
um, episode next week. And of course, we'll talk AW All Out. That is going to be September 7th. So make sure you guys mark your calendars and mark all of that. Hit that notification bell. And of course, make sure you guys follow us on social media. Make sure you join our Facebook group. That is Ruthless Talk, same name as the podcast, as well as our Instagram and TikTok. That is Ruthless underscore talk. Make sure you guys follow those platforms. We make a lot of cool content over there. And of course, as always, make sure you guys stay notified for many more episodes to come for season three. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli, and your boy is signing off saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody. Thank you!